0: You are listening to a sound heating from J17-J17-Recon3. This is Soundless
1: justice ghost. This is Sound on TV.com. TV You're listening to radio, justice Radio. justice review justice review justice Radio. justice justice Radio. justice Radio. justice 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 justice
2: Zachariah Lloyd
0: is a country blues crossover artist, raised on Cornbread and Jesus by a church pianist and rock and roll drummer in the Mississippi Delta South. He started as a drummer, cutting his teeth to Led Zeppelin and Molly Hatchet. He grew up singing in the church choir and sometimes accompanying his grandparents at Porter's Chapel Methodist Church, where they led the music. And now it's a different ball game. Sakurai so is joining me right now on Tom Joseph Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
0: So, tell us about it. What happened? You know, this this guy he starts off uh, at the, at a church, and then you know he starts off as a drummer, and now he's uh, coming up to be uh, you know a fantastic uh, Delta blues guitar player. How did that happen? <laughs>
1: Um, well, uh, starting off early, you know, music was always around. You know, like you said, my mom played piano in the church. My dad was a drummer. The drums were kind of always around. My uncle was a drummer. So um, that was always around. And uh, that kind of came naturally. When I was about 12, I really kind of started playing the drums. And when I was 13 or 14, my uncle gave me his record player with those. Two records, Led Zeppelin Two and Molly Hatchet, and that's when I started learning drums. Um, and yeah, I played drums throughout my teens and my early twenties. Um, I toured with a few people as a drummer, and that was really my main thing for a long time. And um, I actually, <laughs> I was, I was fucking a semester of college, and my dad said, uh, you know, son. Uh, college might not be the best thing for you. So Mm -hmm. he found this, this job opportunity in Alaska. And he said, you know, if, if you want to go do this, work this job in Alaska, um, I'll pay for half your airfare to get there. If you can come up with half the money. Um, and he said he didn't think that I would come up with the money, but I raised the money. Um, I flew up to Alaska to work at the Russian river campground. Uh, Mm -hmm in in alaska and um that's where i picked up the guitar really there was a pawn shop up there and i found a, a honer brand acoustic guitar and uh, it was one of those magic moments you know you go to the pawn shop and we're just hanging out playing these guitars mm-hmm. and i found one and i was just like oh man this feels right feels good um mm-hmm. i picked it up and um I had a friend from back home that played guitar and um, he had kind of shown me a couple of things up and up to that point, but I didn't really play. Um, but like I said, it was that magic moment. And, um, you know, I just, I said, screw it. I'm going to buy it. It was 75 bucks in Soldotna, Alaska. And I bought it and took it back to the little town we were working in, uh, Cooper landing, Alaska. Yeah. And I started picking around and playing some songs and, uh, I finally wrote my first song there uh, in Alaska Um, and then just when I moved back home, kind of just never stopped, started picking away at it and trying to do it more and um, 2013 is really when I thought to myself like, hey man, this is something that I I feel like I have a gift um, and a knack for doing and I should try and pursue this, you know, try and do it.
0: You're listening to. Daddy
2: said, <laughs> You gotta work, on word, work. work hard for a living. I've been scraping up pennies for seven days' work. Busting timber for the man. He said the bread that he put in my hands. He tried to tell me, Tell me it's a promised land. On June, on June. 07. Try to squeeze a dollar from a nickel just to put food in my little boy's mouth. I ain't got nothing left, safety shoes on my feet alone, and it's hard in my chest. If it just keep me beating for a couple of days, so I can get this paycheck, keep this damn bill paid.
0: So,
2: they try to so say what
0: year was that in Cooper Landing?
2: But it's hard.
1: Um, that was 2006.
0: So it took you about, about another six years to be ready to release material.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I'd say 2011 is when I was like, you know, I think I could do this. But mm. 2013 is when I really started making a go at it. Um, that's,
0: that's when you met Cedric Williams, right?
1: Yeah, yep. Um, and, uh, he actually ran sound at a venue here in Oxford, Mississippi called Rooster's Blues House, mm-hmm. and I met him through that, you know, I was playing drums in a band there, and we just became friends, and, um, you know, over time, I'm talking, he was like, yeah, I've got a studio in this, he had rented a room in this big place, um, this, like business center, and he had made a studio out of it, and he was like, man, you should just come hang out and we'll we'll record and just hang out and do some stuff. And that's when I started recording some of those originals, um, changes coming, um, some stuff that I did a little EP on. Hmm.
0: Because it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, what happened in Alaska was like a turning point because I guess probably you were alone in a place that is, you know, I mean, you got all this beauty around you and you're alone and then you see a guitar and then it kind of makes sense, right, that you just pick it up and start playing rather than pursue drums at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, up until that point, you know, I had really no interest in pursuing guitar or... uh playing much, you know, I, I picked around, you know, sitting around a campfire or whatever, but I didn't have any clue on what I was doing, and I had no, uh, you know, I had no skill level at that point, uh, but in Alaska, yeah, I picked up that, like I said, it was like, it was one of those kind of, uh, it almost felt like fate, you know, or, or like meant to be, like, I picked up this guitar, and it was like, whoa, this feels really good and natural, and, um hmm. I don't know. It was really strange. Um but yeah, I picked it up and started playing and um, and I w- I will say that's probably like you said being being somewhere that wasn't familiar to me in a different state, didn't know a lot of people um that probably allowed me to really kind of turn inward, you know, and really kind of explore that. So let's say 2013 and
0: then 2019, Change is Coming, that came out, right?
2: A change is coming, yes, I see. Yep, I put that out. Uh, I recorded that
1: with Cedric Williams
2: and and I put that out myself through Reverb Nation uh,
0: what about this song I mean how did this song come about changes coming was that like your personal change was coming or you felt like a country's change is coming because a lot of shit changed after that excuse my French
1: oh you're good <laughs> uh yeah man um it was very personal to me that song was really a personal change um you know i have a 13 year old he's 13 now i have a 13 year old son Mm -hmm. um and at the time you know he had just been born and his mother and i weren't together and it was very um emotionally i was very much in like a limbo kind of chaotic state you know i didn't know what direction my life was going um Um, So I was just really trying to um, lean into this. I felt like I'd been given a gift lean into it. And um, that's kind of what that song is about. Um, The first verse kind of talks about um, my my, um, relationship with alcohol and how that kind of influenced me in negative ways. And um, the chorus. Talks about, um, you know, me needing to make a change, packing my bag and hitting on the highway and just heading south. I had some friends in South Mississippi that were a really big um, support for me in good ways.
2: Hmm.
1: So that's kind of where that song came from. Um, and the last verse talks about, you know, it ends with, it says, Let me sing for myself until my judgment day. That's kind of me kind of having this realization that. You know, maybe this is something I'm meant to do. Um, You know, feeling like I've been given this gift and trying to want to pursue that, and uh, that's kind of where that song came from.
2: A change is coming. Yes, I see. By the way.
0: Uh, I don't know if it's on purpose, but you know that we can play that song on Spotify.
1: Yeah, I know. So I, I'm, uh, it's very recent, but I just synced up with this new producer in Nashville. Um, and he. we're going to re-record all those songs and produce them uh, with the full band and make them a uh, really solid, well-produced uh, product.
0: Okay, so so that means you pull them off right now.
1: Yep, that just happened actually, like two weeks ago. All
0: right, so because (laughs) uh, because change is coming is a part of hard time living. When it's gone, heart in a notebook, out on the water. All these are part of the same album, right?
1: Yep, and uh, I can resend those to you if you want if you need them. Um, Oh yeah, because I.
0: as you talk Sorry. to as, you, as you're talking about it you know we want to play them in the background so you, you can send them to me later and i can uh, okay, plug cool. them in because i think our audience would enjoy listening to you uh speak about your songs while we yeah. play them you know play cool. snippets of them and also play them uh behind your voice they're your babies Yeah. <laughs> Seven, seven, justice Would it be okay to say that change is coming? All the songs in that are kind of talking about what was going on in your personal life at that particular time, because hard time living. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hard time living.
1: That song's a little. That song talks about um, the line says, "They say we've got it made," and I, I'm kind of in in my headspace at that time. It was I was feeling like. You know people think that us as musicians or songwriters trying to make a living on our craft a lot of people have a perspective that oh they've got it made they don't have to really work Mm. you know they've they've got it easy um and that's that song's kind of just more of like saying like it's not really it's actually really hard to really it's really hard to say you know what i could work at a factory job and make Twenty bucks an hour, mm. um, but I feel, but I feel like I've been given the gift, and I'm gonna try and pursue my craft. You know, that's actually a lot harder to do. Um, you know, and there's there's lots of examples of that kind of thing in other areas, not just music. You know, like any business owner or entrepreneur, rather, that says, you know, I'm gonna do my own thing, and you know, there's a sense of security that you're giving up. Like I said, you can go work a job for someone else and that's a guaranteed paycheck. But is that something you're really passionate about? Is that something you feel like you've been given a gift to do? You know? No. Um,
0: Shortest answer. The,
1: truth, right, right. The,
0: the most truthful answer, no. Right. No, that's why we're having this conversation because I'm going to talk about your entrepreneurial, uh, your entrepreneurial uh, ventures. Okay, cool. But before that... And then obviously, when it's gone, what is that about?
1: Uh, That's more about, that's like a big picture kind of worldview song, you know, like, uh, I'm a battle of souls and swords born as the flesh of a man in the gallows. Talking about how, um, you know, my personal perspective on us as humans, you know, we're not strictly and only the flesh that we are you know we're, we're more than that we're souls mm-hmm. inside a body yeah and um and sometimes there's a battle for that soul. you know sometimes people have demons that, that they're fighting to try and keep their sense of self so to speak you know uh, so that opening lines just talking about that like you know i'm i'm not just a man in the flesh i am a soul you know born into this situation you know we don't we, we can't control we can't control the circumstances we're born into right those are put on out of our hands um, and then talking about uh, sworn by the spirit to break the teeth of the wicked and feed the poor that's more of a you know a personal sense of responsibility I feel all myself, you know, I feel like people who are given uh enough to sustain themselves have a responsibility to help those that can't, you know what I mean?
0: Hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh just for the listeners, uh all they got to do is just go go to uh uh com. that's z e c h a r i a h l l o y d.com. ZacharyLloyd.com or just type Zachary Lloyd in Spotify and it should pop up to my next question which is my personal favorite (laughs) I don't want to sound biased but I mean I don't really care if people would call me biased when it comes to my choice of my music but (laughs) I'm telling you the truth man there are two artists that have really uh, uh, singers and songwriters that have really shocked me uh, with songs one is your song and the other one is another rock band out of California called No One. Yeah. And they have a song called Hope. And I, I'm sure if you ever had a chance to go to J107 Justice Radio, yeah. you would see that these are these these two songs are among the top songs over there because a lot of people are listening to them wow. and asking for these songs. You know, Hope and Hope from No One, or the rock band No One, and Zachary Lloyd. Yeah, uh, and especially when we talk about down to the river because uh you know i mean for me i i stumbled upon your song by accident i don't know if i told you this or not no because there was a studio in boston that was looking for artists to help record and 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 launch during the pandemic yeah and there was this facebook thing and it popped up and i submitted i put my name in it and after a couple of days back they they you know they called me and they said hey come on over because of certain situations i just couldn't be there but i was checking them on the website and i right at the last man they should be right at the top <laughs> but it was right at the end thank god i scrolled down all the way to the end and i saw <laughs> i saw that i saw i saw your name zachary lloyd and uh, there, i mean they're, they're they're bunch of zachary lloyds right but then i said down to the river i said oh and you know what does that sound like and i played it man and as i'm talking to you i guess goose, i get goosebumps because
1: <laughs>
0: because that song i think it's i don't know have you heard of wade in the water that song
1: oh yeah for sure
0: yeah so so oh, wade yeah. in the did you did you like
1: that song oh yeah i heard a lot growing up
0: yeah i mean all of us i guess heard a lot of Wade in the water. I am talking about you're talking about Ramsey Lewis, right? Nineteen sixty six. Correct. Yep. And then and then obviously there are lots of versions of that, you know, and you know, XM radio is playing a lot of this new artist, I forgot the name, and she's singing Wade in the Water, but but when I first heard your song, I, I said to myself, Is this Wade on the Water on steroids? <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, I'll
1: take that as a compliment, but yeah, that's funny.
0: And then I said, no, it's because obviously when we're, when we start going deeper into blues, I mean, there were three chords, man, and people made whole song, complete songs out of those three chords, and they were memorable songs.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I tell you, when I heard Down to the River, I said, okay, this is one of those songs. And that's why when I sent you that note that why hasn't the Grammy picked it up yet? Because it's beyond Grammy.
1: Oh, man, thanks.
0: Yeah, Grammys and grandpas can't come close to down to the river. We need a new uh, uh, awards <laughs> body, man. We need a new <laughs> body of awards that should recognize these guys who are playing beautiful music. We should be top of the charts, but because of these stupid algorithms, uh, yeah. you know they're just stuck uh, in in the middle somewhere on this World Wide Web.
2: You're listening You're to the Sound of on, J- on, J- on J- when my daddy was killed I met a man in a pinstripe suit load said I've been looking for sinners the likes to you boy the walk is easy but the deal is Jay, hard to see Justice
0: so tell us about Down to the River man how did you write it what made you write it and, and what made you bring back uh, the Delta blues when everyone else is talking about something else?
1: Yeah, man. Um, well, so Down to the River, um, the first verse of that song, me and uh, a guy that I used to play with years ago, John Reeder um, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, we had kind of played around with writing a song about uh, trying to tell the story of Robert Johnson. You know, kind of his legacy. Tie that in. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I started the song, right? It kind of starts with a play on the story of Robert Johnson. Yeah. Meet, meeting the devil in the Delta. Um, and then I kind of just twisted that into try to make it an origin story for myself. You know, because um, like you said, Plaid Dog, mm. this was going to be the big single, at least... You know, this is going to be the song that kind of described who I am as an artist and a person to people who don't know me. Um, So I kind of just went from there and tried to write it, you know, make it real Mm. for me as an artist writing the song. Um, And the rest of the song is pretty much kind of an origin story, where I came from, kind of who I am. Um, And then, um, you know, going down to the river, is very much a figurative thing in a lot of people's uh, songs hmm. but it's also a very real thing for me um, being from Vicksburg Mississippi you know we're right there on the Mississippi River um, and we used to do that we'd go down go down to the river sit on the hill at sunrise or sunset and we just sit there and you know, at the time, when I was younger, I didn't realize this, but my dad was probably, you know, it's kind of a form of meditation almost, it seems like, you know, sitting by the river just watching the water flow, you know. That's where you can go, and you can, um, you yeah, know, you can kind of process everything you got going on, pray, get it all out there, kind of clear your head. Um, and that's where the chorus line came from, you know, because, uh, you know, get we get caught up in all kind of stuff. Sometimes it's good to just go down to the river. Personally, you know, literally I figured if we go down to the river, pray, get it off your mind, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's a line in there. I like. My dad used to ride motorcycles, and he would go race down sixty one, south south of Vicksburg towards Laterno. Yeah, I got a line in there that talks about that. But yeah, I like I like hearing stories about him racing.
0: <laughs> you don't want to put the lyrics on your website.
1: I mean, I could sure. Okay. That's a that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, because uh, people can uh, read along as they listen to you.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll do that.
0: So. Uh the, the the good part is that uh you also have a, a, a good response uh for for your new debut single.
1: Yeah, it's done well.
0: One first place for blues in the twenty twenty international uh songwriting competition and the twenty twenty unsign only competition, outranking over twenty seven thousand other contestants. So it's like the people understand what you're doing. It's not like uh you know nobody knows about your 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 blues music that you're trying to create.
1: Yeah, I was overwhelmed with the response uh entering those competitions um you know, there's a, a lots of competitions and stuff like that you can submit for and I submitted and I was overwhelmed with winning those things uh you know, it blew me away.
0: Why did you just stop at down to the river? Because I I you know, down to the river this is your uh single release, right? correct. So, I mean, we, we listen to the song and we say, oh, okay, fantastic. And what's next? And then boom, there's like silence for two years.
1: Yep. So here's the story. Um, so 2019, um, I hooked up with Plaid Dog Studios in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, they find artists they think have potential or they like or whatever mm-hmm. and they ask them to come up and do one song
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a totally crowdfunded thing. So they come up, they record one song, they create a promotions campaign mm-hmm. and then you use that song to raise money to finish recording a short play album. So down to the river was Matt first song. I flew to Boston. I recorded down to the river and we raised, over $10,000 to record this short play album, Um, and then COVID hit, so everything went on pause. Um, Like they shut the studio down, no one was doing any work up there. And so that first year of COVID, nothing really happened. Second year of COVID, we started trying to work it out, and I actually had booked a plane ticket to go up there, and then the second spike of COVID hit, so we had to cancel that, um, and we started working remotely. So they would, I would send them some tracks. Their studio guys would work on it, send it back. We would do a Zoom call, talk about this stuff. And I was actually able to fly up there in January of this year and finish. So right now, um, I've got four other songs that I did with Plaid Dog that I'll be releasing this year. Good. And those were all. Those will all be on the same. EP, so all the people who contributed to the crowdfunding campaign, Mm -hmm. they'll get a a physical copy. Um, there were different perks. Like if you donated X amount of dollars, you got a CD and then X amount of dollars, you might've got a vinyl. So all the people who donated will get a physical copy of the EP Mm -hmm. with those songs on it. And then we'll be releasing some of those as singles later this year. Um, right now, everything's done. We're waiting on the final mastering of the tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty much what happened, man. The silence was kind of unexpected. It was all due to COVID. Um, so it kind of stifled some of our momentum, but, Hmm. um, we are doing our best to get that back on track.
0: But that's good to know, man, because that's what I was thinking that, uh, it's over 10 grand. That should be good enough to make an album.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've got all those done. Um, one of them is, that heart, is a Heart in a Notebook song that I had on the on the uh, demo. You're listening to SoundCloud 4
0: on
2: J-107, Justice Radio. 5 a.m. Never comes to me this angry Shouting pictures on the wall Feel it, babe, I know you're hurting But you won't answer if I call So I bust hard, slave and waste my time making money Knuckles are bloody, babe, even then you know I'm thinking of you that greedy dollar baby ain't got no time to text the cell phone and that cell phone came by my boy new shoes i ain't gonna lie i forgot the words to your song telling the truth i never memorized them at all
1: And there are a couple of others that weren't on the, uh, that demo that I did. Yeah, they were out for you. One's called Waste These Days.
2: Just an old fig tree in the desert, Lord. Have mercy on me. I used to feed an army of our brothers, but it's been a long, hard freeze. you coming back, but not down to the dirt. I want you coming back slow. These frozen branches weighing heavy on a broken heart, need some time to grow. It's kind of a preachy
1: song. Uh, along the same lines of when it's gone, you know, talking about how we uh, waste these days is kind of a reference to uh, nothing really changes unless we actually do something. So, talking about we we'll, we we're, we're wasting our time, wasting our days, just talking about problems and what's wrong. Nothing's actually going to change until we actually do
2: something. <laughs> All the little things we wish that we could change But don't do a thing If we don't get up and fight the war Yep, that's the way to go,
0: man I, I feel so sad that I just saw it, man I didn't know about this I I would have loved to be an executive producer on this. If I would have donated a grand, $1,000, and I would be an executive producer on (laughs) Down to the River, dude. Oh, wow, what an (laughs) accolade. But damn, I missed it.
1: Well, we we might... uh, I'm actually talking... We're talking about trying to do another crowdfunding thing for this new project Mm -hmm. um, that I'm working with, with Billy Smiley. But we're in the very beginning stages of that we just laid down five scratch tracks for this new project so um, that's really cool but stay tuned i mean but uh it'll be really cool i really like billy's he understands uh what i'm trying to say and how i'm trying to say it so i think i'm really excited about it it's going to be really really great
0: that's cool So, I mean, do you mind sharing your secret that a lot of uh, artists would benefit from how you were able to raise over 10 grand for your album?
1: Um, So, it's all in, you know, it was all in personal connections, you know, people that I knew personally. And, or if I didn't know personally, people who saw my music, heard my music, and really connected with uh, the message I was trying to portray. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what it's all about is those connections, you know, um, people, if you can, if you can give people the real, you really connect with them and really give them something that they can feel good about contributing to, you know, they want to feel like they're doing something with their, the money that they're investing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, that was a lot of grassroots connections, people that I had played music, music with in the past, um, people that I went to church with family, that supported me. That really believed in what I was doing. The one thing I would say is, you need to be confident in yourself. Like you need to know that what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing, and that you got a good message. And um, you know, if the people, if people that love you and care about you and love your music, if they can see that and have confidence in you as well then they have no problem helping out.
2: I learned to question my heart too telling the truth I never trusted that they owned. But those six trouble pages in the notebook that I lost yeah they were all for you.
0: That's beautiful, man. Good, good <laughs> advice. Yeah. And and it's a, it's a it's a pretty good recording, man. I mean, Play Doc Studios did a good job at this. Good, they did good work. You of, of course, you all did good work. good music, but it's professionally done, man. It sounds really cool.
1: Oh yeah, they did great. They do great work up there. Uh, Mike Davidson is the executive producer up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a they got a pro studio, pro players. I had a guy named Jake playing drums on some of those songs, and a guy named Daniel playing guitar and bass on some of that stuff, and, um, you know, like lead guitar and bass. Um, But they did did great work. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about them. Great people, great work. Yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah, they were all for you. Yeah, those six crumble pages, if you find them, take a look. I left my heart in that no book.
1: As a person, you know. Um, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day, is those connections. Um, you know, musically and personally. <laughs>
0: What's your son's name?
1: Um, His name is Logan Connor.
0: Wouldn't it be fantastic if Logan, when Logan grows up, uh, if God wishes, he grows up and then he does an album and then he stands with his son like that. (laughs) And if you're still alive by then, dude, you're standing behind them. Oh,
1: that would be cool. That would be real cool. I would love that. That would
0: be such a cool (laughs) shot.
1: That'd be such a cool shot,
0: huh? Yeah, that would two be. in one and three three in one.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Even if it's a daughter, man. My my point is is the, the passing passing over to the next generation.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I like I like that.
0: Yeah. You're the on What is about Mississippi, man? I <laughs> mean what is it about this place?
1: I think about this a lot, because, like a lot of a lot of blues clubs that I try and play I get I might not get the gig because they say I am not blues I don't sound enough like traditional blues. Right? <laughs> really? Sometimes, sometimes that but but the, the point I'm trying to make there is that like I look back at like Robert Johnson and R. L. Burnside, these guys who they weren't necessarily trying to copy anyone. They were playing their blues their blues, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they were playing the blues that was the blues to them. Yeah. They weren't trying to copy someone. So Mm -hmm. part of me thinks that like, you know, if if you're if you're really in there, really feeling it and making music that is the blues, it doesn't really matter where you come from. But I will say Mississippi does is a great environment to be conducive for that vibe, you know. Um, mm. Aesthetically, you know, there's there's a lot of like rundown, rural areas that kind of give that vibe, you know, like hard times, broken down, being poor, you know. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. A lot of people here, that's just how they live, you know. So I I, I guess I, I can agree. I think I think there's probably a lot to do with the place. That you're in, you know. I don't know that if I grew up in a big city, that I would have the same. Well, I know I wouldn't have the same life experience, but I don't. You know, I might not have the same uh, attachment to the blues, quote unquote, the blues. You know that I do as I do now.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I feel that too, man, because, you know, I mean, you're talking about driving down, uh, you know, the highway and you, you, you know, you immediately start to see what you're talking about in your song. It reflects Mississippi, it reflects hard times, it reflects struggles within us and outside and around us. Yeah. When I was in Jackson, I uh, I went to this museum of Muslim cultures. I don't know if you know about it. It's in Jackson, city out of all the places. Um, uh, but you know, it talks a lot about the generosity of the Bible Belt that they allowed for a Muslim museum uh, of culture to be established there. Yeah. And but what I saw there, to my mind, they they played one of the first recordings of blues with with your mouth. There was no instrument. And this was, according to them, blues started in the fields because of what they were, you know, these people were, um, you know, they were hurt and they were abused. And and the the blues, blues were the cries to God to help us. Yep,
1: 100%. 100%. I
2: really
1: really like that about the blues too. Um, You know, it's it's kind of inception or creation was from a place of like calling out like to God, you know. I really like that about it. Mm. I didn't know there was a a uh, museum of Muslim culture there in Jackson. That's really cool. That is cool, man. You, you should check it out. There's a lot of stuff about blues
0: in that museum, which uh, just blew my mind. And the documentary that I did—I'll send you a link to that. You can also uh, check out some of the things that, that they're that they're doing, which is absolutely stunning. Uh, opens up the mind about uh, you know how it all started. Yeah,
1: Check that out.
0: What was your biggest challenge, or what is your biggest challenge in terms of starting out and putting your record
1: out there?
2: Um. Hmm.
1: Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest challenge is, is finding, um, finding avenues or ways through which to get your music heard, right? So that might mean finding ways to record it or places to record it. That, that's a challenge, you know? Um, And then also, separate but relative, um, finding places or avenues or ways to, once it is recorded, to get it heard, right? Um, Mm. There's lots. I'd be be willing to bet money that there's tons of amazing blues artists and songwriters that exist in the South and everywhere that just, you know, Mm either they haven't tried or there hasn't been an opportunity for them to like get their music to a place one where it can be recorded in a format that is shareable and and get it to people who can share it. You know, I think that's probably for me personally, I know that was a big challenge and I'd be willing to bet that that's probably, that'd probably be the challenge for a lot of people across the board is, um, you know, getting it heard, you know, like, um, and, and for a lot of people like I know I, sometimes I feel this myself is like a lot of times music and writing music and playing music for me is more of more for me you know for my emotional processing or whatever a lot of times it's for me and it's more important that I do that for me than um, to try and publicize it in in some respects.
2: Hmm.
1: And obviously as an artist, you know, you want to if you're trying to be successful, you have to you have to try and step away from the introspectiveness of the the craft and look at it in a different way and say, "Okay, well, if I'm going to try and be successful doing this, I need to record this and I need to try and get it somewhere where people are going to hear it, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera.
0: Yeah, that's where you lose it. That's where you lose the feel of the song because you're, now you want to make it into something that is sellable rather than expressing what you're feeling inside.
1: Yep, and some I think that happens a lot with music. Um, yeah. Because a lot of the times people who are, you know, selling records or albums, however you want to say that, like you said, they're they're trying to produce something that's sellable. Um and that, yeah, I agree 100%. A lot of times you lose that aspect of it.
0: That's where uh, hopefully uh, we come in with your 107 Justice Radio and, uh, you know, uh, that's the whole idea. That You're absolutely right. There, There's so many Zachary Lloyds out there that we have no idea. And it's not that, uh, you know, like when somebody was saying to me that, hey, if you're good, uh, no matter what happens, you're going to make it. And I said, no. Not like that. This is you're talking about the Stone Age, man. Now it's all about algorithm. And just because a robot has designed an algorithm that can catch me, that doesn't mean that my music is bad, right? You know, I would challenge anybody listening to me right now who listen to the song Down the River by Zachary Lloyd. And if anyone wants to debate with me live that there's a problem with the song, or if it's not sellable, or if it's not good, then let's talk about it. Sure. Let's put today's so-called successful artists on one side and listen to their craft, and let's listen to this song, and then let's judge. <laughs> let's judge, you know? Yeah. But but just because an artist doesn't fit in the algorithm of a media company, that doesn't define the artist. And you have proven proven that with the song. Because I'll tell you, when I heard it, I was like, this guy is talking about something else? What? what is this guy talking yeah. about man this guy is not talking about no. he's not talking about the TikTok stuff that goes on yeah. he's talking about some deep deep lyrics and deep music yeah, yeah
1: man thanks appreciate that
0: and the fact that you know people came to support you too and the the music it shows that there is an appetite there's still an appetite for good music and good songs
1: yeah I agree
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of how to get it to them you're right about that too but how do you write songs, man? I mean, music and then words, or words and then music?
1: Well, it kind of depends. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's some artists that have a set formula uh, for songwriting, but for me, it kind of just depends on the the song. Um, you know, so it's gone both ways. Sometimes I'll have a I'll have a line that I've written that I really is I really feel like okay, this is this is something. That I need to develop and I'll go ahead and write and then try and put music to it hmm. and other times it's the other way I'll be you know I'll be sitting on the back porch playing my guitar and like come up with this really something that I really like a melody line or a riff or something and like mm. oh, I really like that I'm gonna try and put something to that hmm. it kind of just depends
0: okay so it's basically it just it comes with the flow
1: yep it's an ebb and flow for sure and I I'm, I know I know some other artists around here that um will agree with me songwriting for me sometimes comes in waves like there'll be sometimes there'll be months where i won't write something and then all of a sudden boom i'm turning out like two songs a day for a month Mm. um it's it's kind of weird it's one of those things uh i don't i don't really know the analogy i'm reaching for here but it's like if you try and grasp it too hard it'll disappear you gotta like when it shows up you gotta hold on to it and ride the wave out and make it happen but if you try and force it too much usually that doesn't work you know
0: dude that's your next song you just wrote it on the lyrics live on radio
1: (laughs) there you go
2: Brothers fighting death to be poor While brother boo is in the streets, killing plenty and the churches just locked the door. We got a band together, nothing left, nothing left to lose.
0: You're right, man. This is how it happens. It's the silence. I think because things are building up and things are... Something's happening in, in the heart and the mind and, you know, in, in the intellect and something's cooking up and then boom, man, it just explodes and there you go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And another good point that you just mentioned is that when you try too hard, it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's with a lot of things too, I think, you know? Yeah. If you really... If you're forcing something that... Yeah, maybe it's not the time. Maybe it's not the right time. Yeah. Maybe you need to have that extra six months of life experience before you're ready to write this song, you know?
0: What about... uh, What do you think is the state of music today?
1: Hmm. Man, loaded question there, huh? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Man, you touched on it a minute ago about how the algorithm kind of leaves people behind like mm-hmm. leaves people out that aren't sellable maybe quote-unquote sellable to the industry standard I think I think we're at a point where with TikTok and all this other stuff like I feel like there's so much uh, interconnectedness with technology and there's so many different platforms for people to push stuff out I think one that might make it harder in one way it might make it harder because it's like over uh oversaturated.
0: Mm.
1: But in another avenue that might be good because there are multiple avenues for people to like push stuff out into the public. Um but as far as the whole um I don't know, I think we're at a tipping point. I think I think um I think the last you know ten ten years or so the status quo of the music industry has kind of gotten stale. And I think people are really kind of tired of that, you know? Mm. Um, uh, and I feel like they want something raw and real that they can connect with. You know, I think it might take some time for the industry to really adapt to that. but um, But, I mean, you can, you know, you listen to, you know, you listen to the radio and, most any song that's on country radio is going to be, you're going to have dirt road, your pickup truck, drinking a cold one or something, you know.
0: Mm.
1: It seems like it, a lot of that stuff kind of sounds the same to me.
0: And a girl. they're yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, In your song, you were saying the opposite. You were saying, I'm going to see if this girl can, can bear me <laughs> or, or stick by me.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: In, in other country songs, you're saying, oh, she she left me, she broke my heart. You're, you're saying that I'm gonna see if she can hack me or not.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's just being real, man, you know? Yeah. People want I to, think, I think people want to hear, I think they're ready for something real that they can connect with. I think people are tired of hearing cold beer on a dirt road in my pickup truck, you know, we've heard mm. that a bajillion times, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I try to be optimistic. I feel optimistic about it. Um, but I will say, I think a lot of that stuff sounds the same these days. That's another thing that I'm not very good at when I write songs. I'm not good at saying, oh, this needs to sound different. But once I've written a song and can step back and look at it objectively and say, all right, Let me look at this song as a whole. Um, I try to make sure I don't fall into those grooves um, of, like, same old stuff that you hear on the radio, you know? Like, more of that is musical. I think there's a lot of um, music progressions that are formulaic that the industry uses, like a progression, you know, like, chords e a and d you know here's a structure of a formula for a song that'll hit on the radio. i think a lot of times that's the case and i should i try not to again it's one of those things when i'm writing the song and i'm in the moment i'm not thinking about but after i've written the song and i can look at it objectively i try to make sure i don't fall into those quote-unquote same old thing grooves that you hear on the radio you know
2: hmm
0: But what would you prefer, uh, algorithms of Spotify, monetization of YouTube, or direct
1: selling? Oh man, direct selling, for sure. I think that would be the way to go. I mean, like I've been harping on the connection, the personal connection people want. I think that's what they want. They want to know that, oh, I'm buying this album from this guy who wrote this music, you know. I don't know if that's harder or easier than any other avenue, but I feel like that's the most organic way.
0: To do it, I agree actually. In the algorithms and monetization, the platform gets the benefit, uh, not 100% the artist, but it's not fairly uh, spread out. If there were a hundred thousand downloads of your song from your website, and if, even if it was tagged at one dollar, that's a hundred thousand dollars for the artist. He's done probably. Right. I mean, he's. I don't think he would need a fundraiser after that. But if you have a million streams, you don't come to that, that sale. No, not even. <laughs> not even close to that. And then you know, but but those guys had a million streams, so they, they ran their commercials and their paid advertising. And they also got the subscription money. Yep. What did the artist get? Uh, pennies. I mean,
1: pennies. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I don't think it's done right currently for sure. Um. But like I said, I think I, there seems to be a resurgence of, yeah. of uh, direct selling. And I think people want that. And I think given – if you give them an opportunity to do that, I think they'll do it every time. Like if you make it available to them to say, "Oh hey, don't just stream this on Spotify, just like you said, pay a dollar to the artist through his website to get the song, I think most people if you give if you gave them the option, if they had that option, I think they would choose that mm-hmm. because again they're you know they're fans of the music, they want to connect with the artist, they don't yeah again, this is just me being optimistic, but i I don't think people. If they if they had the option, should I support this artist who wrote this music I love or Spotify? They would support the artist.
0: What is the future of your brand? What is next?
2: Well,
1: so right now I've got uh, I've got the stuff I did at play a Dog. We'll be releasing those as singles um, in the next you know six months to twelve months, and then I've started a new project with a guy named Billy Smiley. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working out of Nashville, Tennessee, and um, we're working on a new album. We're really shooting for that like gritty from Mississippi vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, I love the stuff that I did at Plaid Dog. It sounds really great. I have no qualms with that, um, but this next project we're really trying to kind of uh, get back to the roots, so to speak. Mm. so the music's really gonna be um, it's gonna sound a lot more like it's from here right Mm. Um, we're gonna be we'll be recording analog you know Mm. there won't be a whole lot of digital stuff going on it'll be um, I don't know if we can put this interview I have to ask a producer (laughs) but uh, his 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 description of what we're going for is a mix between Alabama Shakes and Chris Stapleton, but in a juke joint. Whoa, man. Okay. Uh, that got me excited when he said that. I was like, oh, man, that sounds cool.
0: <laughs> sounds like I'm going to over it to, man.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be really great, um, and I think it's going to be a fun fun project. Uh, this will be my first project working out in Nashville, so I'm really looking forward to uh, meeting those people and just having that life experience, and um, really excited that I'm getting the opportunity to continue to pursue this as a career. Um, you know, like I said, that's something that um, I feel like a lot of people who write music don't get the opportunity to do, so I feel blessed and thankful that I'm given this opportunity to do it.
0: Where can people go to find out more about you and support your work?
1: Oh, yeah, the website. It's uh, ZechariahLloyd.com, Z-E-C-H-A-R-I-H-L-L-O-Y-D.
0: And before you go, man, uh, uh, the listeners don't know that there's another thing that you do with your hands and your fingers. And I don't want people to get suspicious, so I'm just going to go straight to the the bottom line. We're talking about you being a chef.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And
0: you're a rebel chef, man. What is that? What are you doing with that, man?
1: Uh, man. So, uh, my grandfather cooked a lot growing up when I was coming up. So mm-hmm. I was always in the kitchen with him. So I've always kind of had a, I like doing it It's always been a knack for me. Um, and then what year was that? That was, so in college, I kind of worked in restaurants. And then when I graduated college, I was a kitchen manager at a place called Soul Shine Pizza Factory. Mm. And, um, when I graduated college, I was making more as a kitchen manager than as a teacher, which was my degree. Would have been a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I decided at the time, you know, I'll make more money if I stay here. I just stayed in the in the industry. And 2017, I uh, I started as an executive chef for a company out of state um, at a sorority house here in Oxford on the Ole Miss campus Mm -hmm. and that year um that's when I really had the realization that man I really enjoy this and I would love to do this kind of one of those things if I've got to have a job that's not music this is it you know I love doing Mm -hmm. it um and so yeah I did I worked for a company out of state for three years and then I just saw how things were done and realized that there was a way to do things better and a little more honest, and so I decided to start my own company, and I called that Rebel
2: Chefs, and
1: we started doing that
2: last year,
1: 2021 is when I officially launched the company, and we got our first account in August of 2021, and we are... Scheduled to have two more counts starting this summer fall.
0: You're rocking on both ends, man. I'm
1: trying to man, just trying to uh, keep my head down and do the work, and uh, the rest will take care of itself. I
0: I believe. Uh, God will take care of the rest.
1: That's right, hundred um, percent.
0: And then uh, th- this, uh, but you might you might need to have a backup plan to you know hire people to run Rebel Chefs once you start to hit the road with your music.
1: Yeah that's kind of where I'm at right now is um, I just I just landed this Nashville project so right now I'm kind of in in the stages of planning how how if first of all I can do both um, and if I when I do decide to hit the road with the music um, how that will how I'm gonna keep that going. I've already got a couple of guys lined up to to step into the chef position at my current account. Um, so I think, um, I feel good about everything. I'm, I'm doing all the right, I'm making all the right steps. Um, the key for me right now is just to, like I said, keep my head down, keep pushing forward, doing the right things and, um, not worrying too much. Um, you know, try to pray about it and then let God do his thing and make the best decisions I can. you
2: listening to SoundCloud, Now